and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League Podcast, sponsored by Non-League Football Enthusiast, Workforce Dimensions Limited. It's been a um, mixed start to the season for our teams at the top of the pyramid, and we'll dissect that over the next 50 minutes or so, as well as looking ahead to this weekend, when of course the FA Cup starts for some of our teams. As always, I am John Phipps, and on the line now is a man who, if on the off chance his wife hears this, definitely did not get a grand's worth of Euro 2020 tickets in the ballot, Mr Matt Gerrard. Keep, keep that, keep that down, keep that down. We just got to um, um, play straight back with that. But we'll move on from that. I'm sure um, as the season goes on, uh, I may be sort of um, offering them around. So uh, from that point of view, so uh, so hypothetically, did if you did get any tickets for Euro 2020, were they games at Wembley or or just dot, dotted around or what? They are at Wembley, yeah. So not going to Istanbul for like a, a game. No, no, but I'm, I'm, no. <laughs> Do you think I'd be still on the pod if I was doing that? I think I'd be uh, strung up from the nearest lamppost from that place. So they are, they are semi-local. Well, local, yes. But uh, and, and I think well, I should be guaranteed one England game. There's a draw. I've done a lot of looking into this. Is the 30th of November. So when um, Malta v. Greece is drawn and it's in there. You'll be hearing me screaming from a very loud height. <laughs> Do you know, I had a, I had a similar sort of uh, experience actually. I went to Euro 2004 in Portugal and um, we were waiting for the draw. I had tickets for one group game and two of my mates from uni had tickets to another. Uh, same group, same day, just different stadiums. Um, and I had tickets to the bigger stadium and my mate had tickets to the, uh, and the other lads had tickets to the smaller stadium. And I can't remember, I think, uh, yeah. And the good, the draw came out and the game at the Dragao where I was, was Latvia against the Czech Republic. And the game at the other place was Germany against the Netherlands. Now, if you can imagine the thoughts that were going through our minds that day, we were like, that is unbelievable. That is astonishing. How have they allowed this to happen? And fortunately, uh, they didn't allow it to happen. And ultimately, uh, me and my mate got to see um, Germany against Holland while the other lads had to go to Latvia against the Czech Republic. Yeah, but uh, again, it's... um... I've got to find some money, but then, yeah, well, again, yeah, I would have put it to the back of my mind pretty much. It, it's, it is uh, 10 months away, and uh, we've got proper football to talk about from that point of view. So, um, from there, uh, that's about, yes, like, that was a bit of a shock. I thought, yeah, bugger. Well, good news. And then thing, oh. but I, I sort of jumped in with both feet and sort of done it. So, there you go. Maybe I should have thought about it before I did it. But, uh, yeah, Were there the only two now. games you applied for? No, I applied for all seven at Wembley. Right. So, yeah, so... But I know a lot of people who've actually... Got a mate I know I work with, he applied for 21 games all around Europe, didn't get any. But I know a few people who've got Wembley tickets. I've got a similar story. My, my friend who I went to Portugal with, uh, he applied for six grand's worth of tickets all over Europe and he got absolutely nothing. So, he will have a ticket off you. Yeah, yeah I think I'll be OK. <laughs> Independent on the 30th of November, so... It's just the outlay now, sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll forget about that then. Yeah. Apart yeah. from that, are you are, are you well? Obviously, I saw you on Monday night. You're in you're in fairly good form on Monday. I yeah. 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 Um, well, it's getting closer to our holiday, so um, that's always good. Um, yeah. It's yeah. I am well. Yeah. I haven't spent too much time here because which is not good for my wife. And now at quarter past nine, as we do this on a Wednesday, our football Saturday 
Monday, Tuesday, and now Wednesday, so it's not good. So I need to spend some quality time with my wife, who's being very patient. And uh, as we were regulators in the pod, she doesn't like football, so um, yeah, so, yeah, it's football season, isn't it? So, yeah, so, exactly. well, it's my to... fault that I've kept you out at night because I was actually uh, working today during the day somewhere else in one of my uh, many jobs and guises, but that's all. Uh, exciting uh, stuff. Anyway, right, so it's our 86th episode this week, and apparently in America that's a bad thing. No, it's uh, it's not the number of mass shootings there have been so far this year. We won't oh, get to that number. Apparently, going back on that mass shooting, this will be getting a bit political, there's been more mass shootings in America than there has been days of the year. Yeah, well, I, I was just imagine gonna, that, it's just mental. I was just going to say, we won't even get to that number by the end of our fifth season, the number of shootings uh, there's been that, on that, the, by the 7th of August. Then. Uh, it's just crazy. Absolutely. Well, did you see that footballer who shouted into the microphone about it? So yeah, exactly. And, if that was uh, the FA, he'd be strung up by now, wouldn't he? Exactly. There's an again. interesting tweet quote from uh, a tweet doing the rounds from the Pope, which is a must-follow on social media. Um, but they basically said uh, Americans seem unsurprised as to as, as what is causing gunmen to shoot people with their guns. It's obviously the fact they're allowed to have guns. Um, but anyway, um, he 80- the Pope did. Anybody else? Religious? Do you follow? Uh, the Poke, not the Pope. Oh, so you said the Pope then? <laughs> What's the Poke? It's a, it's a, have, have a look at it, the Poke, it's very good. It's it's like, they find funny things on the internet and turn them into amusing uh, stories, it's, it's very good. Can, um, you probably can follow the Pope though, I suppose. You can follow the Pope if you want, I think he's at Pontifex, isn't he, something like that? <laughs> Pontifex, 46, Benedict, is it Benedict? I thought you'd know. That's your sort of bag, isn't it? Other side, mate. All oh, right. Well, isn't it good to know your rivals? <laughs> yeah, anyway, eighty-six. We're friends. Eighty-six is a term used in restaurants when they've run out of something in America. So apparently, if you go and say you want um, a burger and they've run out of burgers, they say, "Oh no, that's eighty-six. So um, I'm guessing when Matt tries to pay for 86. stuff after his ticket surge, his bank account will be telling him it's eighty-six. Uh, that thing they were eighty-six. That is something really useless to know, isn't it? 86. It really is. Um, well, can we remember, we can always remember World Cup eighty-six, which was a great was a great tournament. So eighty-six from there. Yeah, I, I um, seem to remember something happening in the quarterfinals. On uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we're cracking now. I used to love that one. The weather, well, Butcher Crane, Hugo Sanchez. Uh, so, is Lopez Ufati still doing the rounds then? I don't think he was in the squad. Oh, definitely. No, I don't think he was, but no, Spain, that's like, the vulture was the main man for Spain. Of course. Linica, 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 hat-trick. Well, mm. what a day. What a year. And I left, school, I left primary school in 86. Oh, well, I started primary school in 86, so there you go. Um, anyway, let's start by looking back at a busy few days which have kicked off the season. But it's not really going brilliantly for anyone in the top two divisions of, of non-league in Kent. Uh, so we'll start at the National League South. Throughout eight fixtures, our four teams have amassed only one win and two draws. Uh, Welling are top of the bunch and have the most to be pleased with. Holding title favourites having a Waterloo to a 1-1 draw on Saturday before Aaron Cosgrave's goal gave them a 1-0 win over Maidstone United on Tuesday. And that's a good result for Welling, isn't it? They've had a good couple of days. We haven't had Waterloo. Everybody expected them as we seem to be. We mentioned before they've got players in, but they've got players, new players, but they have played with each other before. Bromley, people like that. Rob Swain, he put an interesting tweet out, Rob Swain, uh, when he was man against Maidstone. I think he got a bit of abuse from the Maidstone fans. and uh, He gave it back to him both barrels by winning man of the match. So, yeah, a decent start for Welling. Uh, they'll always be in and around it. Um, have they got enough goals in them? 
maybe the good defensively decent goalkeeper in Dan Wilkes Bob Swain knows what he's doing so yeah I think um, a tough start to the season you know playing the two sides relegated or two of the sides that are being relegated and four points out of that I'm sure that Mark Goldberg's absolutely delighted yeah I mean it is a decent start for well and as we say that they've started again from scratch and and so far to go to those two guys, I think if you'd said to Mark Goldberg, Hugo Langton, etc., this time last week, four points, they'd have snapped your hands off. Oh, I think I think that is absolutely spot on. There, that's a really good return, and they could just move on from that again. You know, I think I've shot it before that Welling, you know, can be slow starts to the season. They're playing catch up, but they're into a good position there. Some of the other teams are. You know, I think Billericke have won both games. A couple of the more fancy side have won both games. So they're keeping a bit in the hump. But unfortunately, you know, I suppose you look at Maidstone, two games, two defeats. To be honest, I'm not really that surprised. No, well, they obviously were beaten at home uh, to Weymouth on Saturday. Where I even understand there was some crowd trouble. So they've had to bring back segregation almost straight away. But um, you, you look down that Maidstone team. I've had a few conversations with, with people about it. And you know, there's players there that no one really seems to be aware of. No one seems to know that much. And, and you know, they've got to hit the ground running. Because as you said last week, Matt, if they start doing well, then the crowds get really high and everyone gets behind them. They start not so badly, then the pressure's going to be on, isn't it? Yeah, I think they've got Hungerford, is it? On Saturday, which is, yeah. I've been to Hungerford's ground. You know, it's not the most salubrious place in the world when you've been playing the likes of Leighton Orient in the last couple of seasons. Now you're going to Hungerford, that is a real kick in the teeth. So, for me, I don't think the Maidstone United squad is strong enough. Um, hasn't got enough experience to get out of this division. We know this division uh, from them. It's totally opposite when they joined the division before because they had such a structured side that went straight through. Everybody had played with each other in the last couple of years. And they've only got, you know, this time they're going straight in with a... For me, you know, Maystone fans, I think a, a weak squad, we know what John Steele can do. He, he can turn sort of, you know, um, uh, turn stuff to gold, really. Um, will he have enough time to do it at Maidstone? Because you know, the fans won't be happy. Two games again, um, two defeats. Oh, you know, arguably they've had t- two tough games against the W sides. Weymouth, who are a big side at its level. And we know what Welling can be, but it's so important that Maystone go to Hungford, put in a performance and bring three points back. Three defeats in a row at the start of the season will start uh, alarm bells there. And, you know, you have to say the last 12 months uh, for Maidstone have been absolutely dreadful. Um, yeah, just for me, yeah, I always look at this thing and people can, sh- can shout me down that if I was a manager at his levels, you know you try and bring the kind of players in that you think can be successful at those levels. And if you had the money, you think you'd be able to do it. You know, cherry pick players. For me, Mason haven't cherry picked enough players who know that particular level. I know it's only two games gone and ten games gone. They can win the next eight, and, and what I'm saying is, you can throw in my face. But for me, it, it doesn't look a strong enough squad to, to, to challenge at the top end of the table. Go down to seventh, they might be able to get in there. But for me, it's just not strong enough. It's interesting you say about you know how obviously. Uh, the last time they had players who all knew each other, but also the confidence was high. And and having watched Maidstone myself a couple of uh, a couple of times last season, and I know a lot of the players have moved on, but confidence and the general sort of, there's a general malaise about the place. I mean, the two games I saw, both Tuesday night games, and the atmosphere was flat. The performance was flatter, and you just wonder if that has taken a bit of the edge off it. I think the fans were so used to success 
I know that, you know, Maidstone fans, you've got to say, the most loyal in football because how many years they were out the county town, they come back in and some certain fans may, you know, generation of teenagers never know just success, success, success as they move to new ground promotion after promotion. So, yeah, it's, it's just a difficult one. I just can't put my finger on it. They need something to get it in. It's just a habit. When you get, people say you get a habit of winning football matches and you get a habit of losing football matches. And Maidstone are in a sort of a malaise from that. Well, I'm not saying get rid of John Steele or Aiken I read him, but, you know, something's, something's got to change too. Something just got to boost them up. They, you know, even if it's a last-minute winner away at Hungerford, something just to get people, you know, excited again and bring the, bring the, the, the hunger back into the club. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking from, you know, I haven't seen Maidstone, so they, people may say I'm talking out of turn here, but it's just the, the, the general um, situation I get from people who I do know follow Maidstone and, you know, the general factor from it. So, again, I'm fully willing to take some chats with some Maidstone fans who can communicate through our social media handles. But I just think it's just not going well for them at the moment. And in some ways, I can't see it improving that much over the next couple of months. Right, Matt's mentioned there, we are at Kent NL Podcast on Twitter. So if you're a Maidstone fan, feel free to uh, to drop us your thoughts. And I suppose the final thing we'll say is, you know, you, you, what you're saying there about a general sort of ill feeling. I've just watched Sunderland Till I Die and, and there was something inside that club that wasn't quite clicking. And I don't think it's it's that bad for Maidstone. But you, if I was a Maidstone fan and I looked at the team that was named for Saturday, there wasn't a lot that was going to excite me. And, you know, and then they've gone to Welling. And again, I don't think the team, you look at those 11 players and they're not exactly the sort of thing. And, and like you say, they've been used to success. They've been used to getting good players in. They've been used to having exciting players that gets that get people up out, up out of their seats and stuff. And I think at the moment, that is just sadly lacking. Um, Dartford will be... No, 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 okay, I'm not being too... We've all been through that as a football fan from my team and your team, etc. like that. You have those spells where not everything's, you know, rosy and you can beat everybody 5-0 but you need something just to sort of cling on to and I just can't think Maidstone needs to do it and I love how that will be just something's got to click and then, you know from then the fans can get a little bit excited over 2000 and Saturday against Weymouth first game of the season you know that's a fantastic that's a they've got to make sure make sure make, make, they've got to make sure they don't take that for granted because if they lose away and the gates go down you know, that can be cool, even further problems for the club. They've got to feel the love. I know the sponsors have carried on Gallagher for another 10 years. So, you know, and I'm saying the people running the club have got the, in the best of hearts. It's just that maybe some of their decision-making, and then Oliver Ash, I know he listens to the pod as well here, you know, he's got the um, the club in his heart, but something just needs to click and to, to go get back on that, back on the horse and do it better. Yeah, Dartford were beaten 4-1 at Wheelstone on Saturday, so that wasn't a great start for them. But they did get back, fight back to earn a 1-1 draw with St Albans City at Prince's Park on Tuesday night. And Luke won a Dio with the goal there. Um, and that just leaves with Tommy Angels, who are obviously new to this league. And they've started with back-to-back defeats as well, just like Maidstone. They lost at home to Dulwich on Saturday before a game I actually bothered to attend on Tuesday as they played at Eastbourne Borough, where first-half goals from former Angel Nick Wheeler who was named man of the match despite going off at the break, and Greg Lua gave the home side the spoils. After the game, I caught up with someone else who'd watched the game. Uh, defender Sonny Miles is well, three games into a four-game suspension, so he also misses Saturday's game. But I was interested to get his thoughts on the first couple of games and his hopes for the rest of the season. What's it been like being suspended at the start of the horrendous, season? Horrendous, horrendous. Um, 
yeah, to miss the, was it the Super Pop final, whatever, whatever they wanted to call it last year, um, was bad enough. But then, obviously, you do the pre-season and, and you've got to miss the first three. So it's just about um, keeping ready and uh, hopefully uh, come back on Tuesday if selected. What did you do? You were a naughty boy, weren't you? Yeah, apparently so, yeah. I didn't think so, but um, which made it even worse, you know. But there you go. I can't say too much about it, So, um, but... Um, it's just frustrating. Obviously, I was sent off earlier in the season for one that probably deserved, but um, today punished for that one even more. But yeah, so it's frustrating watching, especially um, obviously how the first couple of games have gone. But that, you know, we'll be all right. We'll be I was going to say you're a good watcher, or do you hate it? Terrible, terrible. I just sat there with uh, Johnny Henley, and um, you know, I think he's played 130 games or something, uh, one after another, and he said, "Play." It's weird, weird being here, but um, and Park, he's obviously got a long-term injury. Um, Neither of us are great watchers, so um, I'd obviously rather be playing. What have you what we've seen so far? It looks like you're going to need to sort of toughen up a bit and, and be a bit more cute, I suppose, because they, they do sort of. You know, you saw tonight they they go down a little bit easier and they they know how to yeah. play the game. Is yeah, that game yeah I, think I, I think a little bit more. Yeah, probably experience. Um, I, th- I thought um, Eastbourne were quite fair tonight. To be honest, I thought they were. Um, you know, they done the simple things right. Um, Probably first half they were, they were a little bit better. But second half we was a, we were probably the better team, but um, obviously they've had the they've had two. The difference isn't it's level, you know. Um, Nicky uh, Wheeler's cut inside. You know what he can do when he cuts inside. The ball's gone in. I think it's taken a little deflection, one goal. The next shot they've had, good little bit of play um, through the middle of the pitch, and then opened us up a little bit. And that's their two chances. You know, they've had a few flash shots in the second half, but that's it. It's just and they've won two 0 We've had uh, D's gone one on one. He's got a score. Derry's had a header across cross goal. Reedy's got a score. Um, and we had one more, didn't we? The other one where the ball's come in and it's just hit, hit there in the touch has got away from him. Um, Is that the difference you've got? To, yeah, when yeah, you, when the chances yeah, yeah. Come, you don't get. You don't get. You know, last year, last year we was like, you know, say lucky enough. Um, you could you could give chances away, and you weren't punished for them. This year, you will be, and that's um, we've got to learn that very very quickly. Um, stop letting goals in and when you're back your experience I guess is going to help because you've played at this level before yeah played at this level before um, a few years ago now but I know what it's like um, but there's, there's other boys in there that played this level before you know it's um, it's a lot more um, people make the right decisions um, that's more what it is it's not I don't think they're better the players are ultimately that much better I just think they make the right decisions at the right time and um, that little bit of experience will see you through you know today they just sat in with a lot more of the ball in the second half but that's probably due you know they sat in and said, come and break us down. And in the end, we couldn't. So um, they've got, they go away with a clean sheet. You know, you see their two centre-halves, you know. There's, they're, they're not playing pretty p- p- passes and hitting beautiful diags to each other and bringing the ball down and knocking it around. They're, um, they're clearing the ball over the stand and they've come away with a clean sheet. So, fair play to them. You, and, I mean, looking at it, do you, do you think you've got enough to, to get up the table? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think um, it, will, it, will, it, will be very, it will be a very, very tough season. Um, it's no secret that... Um, some of the money that the teams um, in sort of the higher part of the league and even down to like 13th, 14th what they pay um, everyone everyone knows it we've got nowhere near that and uh, it will be tough but the club deserve- up as a yeah, the, yeah the club deserved to be here you know if you, if, you, if, if you didn't we wouldn't be here you know we worked incredibly hard last year and um Hopefully we can um, we can pick up some we can pick up some points sooner and get them on the board rather than uh, sooner rather than later. He obviously couldn't see it, Matt. He's, he's frustrated to be missing out, and and you can't he can't wait to get back and and hopefully help Angels get up the league. Which is, it must have been his second sending off the season last year. If he's got a full match ban because he wasn't 
alluding to what went on too much with the um, the incident there. Yeah, we all know it was going to be tough for for some reason. I think again they've had a couple of difficult starts. I think Dulwich, uh, you know, they've got good players who played at this level. And Eastbourne, um, your new boys who are a 3G service who've got a decent manager in Lee Bradbury, you know, players there, Wheeler and Lua, they're part of Woking squad that got promoted from this division. So it's going to be tough there. Sonny Miles will come in, sort of defensively. Um, you mentioned in the, in the interview there, missing a couple of chances. Do you think that's, they've, have Angels from you know, the 90 minutes you've seen, could goal scoring be a problem? Um, it's tough on really. I think the, the problem that they found was that but at both ends of the park, you have to be more clinical. Um, the the two goals they conceded, probably avoidable, um, but they're the sort of thing that you might get away with at the level down. But it was just a bit of real quality from Nick Wheeler for the first goal. And then a good bit of play from Kane Wills, the former Margate man, uh, to tee up Lua for the second. And then at the other end, that you know, there were chances that they just kind of snatched at or the ball just wouldn't drop for them. And, and you've got to take those opportunities. And I think as well, it is a little bit, and I, I tweeted this out last night at half time. It's a little bit about you know being a bit cuter, I think. And um, I certainly saw an Angels fan uh, on Twitter in the week saying, "Oh, Dulwich fans, do you really enjoy watching that horrible blah blah blah?" And a, a Dulwich fan replied and said, "It's what you've got to do in this league. You've got to be nasty." And I think there are a couple of times where players went down, or or you know, were maybe a little bit too honest. There was a couple of times a. Uh, Certainly in the second half, there was an incident where a sub, Jared Small, who him and Alex Reid made a real impact when they came on for Angels, actually. But there was a, an opportunity where they, um, you know, where he could have perhaps gone down in the box and given a referee decision to make, but he was too honest. And I spoke to Steve McKim as well, and he said, you know, we are where we are. We're going to be in the bottom third, but we've got to try and find a way to turn no points into one point. One point into three points. He, he's very confident they're going to they're going to do more than enough to stay up. Um, but it is going to be important that they do take advantage of, of the opportunities when they come their way. There was a ball late on. Um, ball was swung across. Tom Derry headed it back across goal, and Alex Reed just didn't gamble. I suppose, and you know those are the opportunities that you've got to be taking at this level. And I think it's a learning curve for Tom Jangles. But Steve McKim, he said last night, judges after ten games, he said we've got a tough start. But after 10 games, I'm sure we'll be finding our feet. And that's all they can do at this point. Yeah, I think um, you'll probably look at the sides promoted from the, the Ryman League. We didn't have to go through the Super Playoffs over the last few seasons. And, but, you know, I think we saw Margate Mar- 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 nearly got relegated. Did they get relegated straight away, Margate, when they got it? I know, two yeah. years, sad, up there. Two years. So you can see, yeah, it, it's not... A, and again, it, it, it's, it's a tough division in this. And, you know, we've seen the money coming from the leagues and the players that are now playing at this level. So it's going to be tough for Angels. So, but I think Steve McKim, you know, he's played around this level and a level above it in his career. So he knows how non- the non-league game works, the mentality he can get into his player. And so he's going to be the most important person, I think, for, for Tunbridge Angels uh, this season and getting into the players and make sure they don't lose confidence in the games. They've got a tough start. You know, I think they've got Dorking Wanderers, who many people are thinking can go straight through um, uh, this season as well, from back to back to back. They are being heavily backed again, another 3G service for them to go to. It's going to be tough, but they've just got to dig in and, and don't panic. Who was in goal anyway? Because I know Henley was sent off on Saturday, wasn't he? Uh, they signed a fella from Reading, um, who yeah. I'd imagine was turned up and had his first meeting with his teammates uh, at Eastbourne Borough's ground. So um, I would. It, it was a tough, tough time to blood a new goalkeeper as well. And um, Henley actually wasn't suspended last night. He was actually injured. 
Um, his but, suspension doesn't start till Saturday. So uh, the young lad they've got uh, him from, from Reading will be around for um, a short while to come yet. But um, oh, oh, don't the National South, they don't have the straight, straight punishment. It's a week now, is it? Uh, that's what I was told by um, a friend of the show, Matt Davison, who I was stood with um, oh, right. throughout the game last night. He said, no, he's not suspended until Saturday. So that's an interesting... Um, yeah, yeah, we can we look at that. Well, we'll talk about suspensions later and sim bins, I suppose, won't we? Yes, we will. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting for Angels because I think you know there was uh, I was stood near some people who were saying that they didn't think the team that they had now was as good as the one they had last season, and and it's true to say they they've lost a few players, but I think there is potential there. And when Sonny Miles is back, you know, I'm, I'm sure that he'll give them a bit of bite. And you know, there was there, there was sat there was some he was sat there with some experienced players. You've got Parkinson is there as well. He's out injured long term. Um, there's still the opportunity there for Tom James to bounce back, and um, you know I, I'm sure that you know Matt Davison again was looking at the league table, and I was going, Matt, it's August the sixth. Like, I think only two go down as well. Did we mentioned this last week. Yeah, I think it is going to be only it's, two down as well. Right, yeah. there you go. So, but uh, as, like you know, normally the season doesn't start till the tenth, and you're sat there on the sixth looking at the league table and, and worrying about worrying. it. But yeah, um, so. You know, you've got to get that out of them. Also, I must just say about that interview with Sonny Miles. Is I was I did it on uh, the voice recorder on my uh, on my phone, um, and the um, very strangely, when you now use that voice record um, software, it rather than just calling it recording one, recording two, it calls it the place where you are. Um, but rather than calling it like Eastbourne Borough Football Club or Priory Lane. It called it Asda Supermarket, even though I was a good mile away from Asda, so I don't know where that came from. So um, <laughs> that Sunny Miles interview will always be to so me. So when your phone gets found one day, and they'll say, oh, he's an interesting man when he's doing an interview at Asda Supermarket, won't they? So, exactly. Yeah. yeah, what a thrill. They probably might have thought I was like walking around there recording. Oh, <laughs> here at Asda, the prices are £1.50 for this, £2 for that. But no, I really wasn't. I was at the football, promise. Um, this so I've, I've had a conversation, again, strange, a conversation that has them in our house today. Because normally, very middle class for me, we go to Sainsbury's for our shopping. Yes, of course. Well, like, because in Thanet, they're basically, you walk out your front door in an area, there's like hundreds of supermarkets around here. So, um, and uh, Asda, we thought we could be changing and going to Asda because my wife thinks the quality of the food. No, next to Sainsbury's. And I do like, well, I do love a next point because normally that pays for Christmas. So, yeah, and, and we're always constantly in Sainsbury's because you, um, uh, you know, when you do your next points, always, I love my, you get those labels, you know, thank you for your 500 visit this year. Yeah. I think I've had it already. It's 50 points, and I think to myself, well, I'm wary of saying this in it, uh, yeah, on a so public forum that might be listened to by people, but we've got 125 quid in our nectar cards at the minute, so uh, we are absolutely minted when it comes around. Oh, uh, right, so I so, your wallet and sp- I can then Exactly, so I don't want any of that nonsense. If it goes missing, it'll be one of you lot listening who's done it. Um, or even me, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this weekend, as we always said, Angels are at Dorking Wanderers. Dartford are at home to Haven and Waterlooville. Mason go to Hungerford and Wellinghouse Bath City. Then on Monday night, Dartford, you've got a tough weekend, go to Chelmsford. And on Tuesday, it's Billericay against Welling, Maidstone at home to Eastbourne Borough, and Angels take on Concord Rangers at Longmead, who've surprised everybody winning their first two. Um, go on to the National League then. Um, yeah, I've got the results in front of me. It's not great, is it? Epsweet United, two defeats for them. Uh, 4-1 home defeat at, to Halifax after an early red card and a 3-1 loss at Bromley. Um, again, was chatting to uh, local non-league expert Tony Hudd today and he's seen both of those games and he said it's not going to be a good season for Ebsley on the showing of those two games. Yes, that was... Um, well, shows what we know. Halifax going down, going down. The only team who won both games. So, 
Yeah, and I know you had an early Sunday night, Toby Show Silver, uh, former Dover legend and friend of the show, one of our favourite ever episodes when we had him on. Um, yeah, I know obviously we've got uh, a new team, but interesting to see that, you know, especially against Halifax, um, Ashdown had a bit of a nightmare throwing the ball in his own net and beating from 60 yards. It's going to be interesting. I know a couple of defenders, I know they've got Grimes and Thomas from Dover, so scoring goals could be a problem as well from that point of view. Yeah, it's a, they've got a decent manager in Gary Hill. Um, yeah, you just feel that they could be. They got filed away this weekend. Surely did well to get that from there. Yeah, it's, they may need a little bit more strength in the squad because at the moment, Jack King out for three games, it could be a, a, a difficult time for FC because I think the next few games are really tough as well. But disappointing start again a club that's had as we know many problems they need the fans to, to support them now and keep with them and rather than sort of moving away from them but yeah disappointing start but this is what you expect of the National League and brings us on nicely then to Bromley I suppose who obviously were the 3-1 victors over Ebbsfleet on Tuesday night after drawing 0-0 up at Chorley on the opening game of the season, which by all accounts was a tough old game up there and Chorley's first game at this level. Um, but Neil Smith was was very pleased with their performance on Tuesday night. A um, couple of good goals from Billy Bingham, I understand. And, and we said this last week, Bromley recruited well and they recruited early and I think they're going to feel the benefit of that. And, and I think they've put down a little bit of a marker with that win. Big crowd in there as well, the new stand filling up. How was that yesterday? Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but it, you know that stand is proving popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, new chairman, change, change of change of scenery, and I suppose the new chairman will maybe look to take them to the next level. But Jerry Dalt did a fantastic job there. Yeah, I think um, maybe the new chairman's in. He's uh, we, we understand he's a very astute businessman. So um, you do you do need a decent budget in this level to compete in that, and the players they brought in are proven players. At this level, um, they've got a budget to, to work with. Cheek, you know, inevitable he was going to score, probably score against Epsleet, so good player this season. We know our mate Luke Coulson, Billy Bingham. Um, he was a bit unlucky with injuries at Gillingham, but he's pinged in a couple of goals, including a 30-yard spectacular one. Great result. Again, if probably you're going to do well, they'll do well at home. People won't want to go there. You've got the fans on you, pretty close to the pitch, on your back straight away. So, um Fantastic start. And it'll be interesting to see how they get against Torquay. Torquay got tonked by Solihull. My tip to win the league again. And because um, everybody thinks Torquay are going to be uh, a side up there. If they can put Torquay to the sword, it will be a fantastic early week for Bromley. And those people who are tipping them to be one of the uh, sides of the playoff will, uh, will be looking very, very rosy indeed. Yeah, 1,700 was the crowd there last so, night. Decent, 269 yeah. uh, FC supporters making the trip. So... Um, that's a decent a decent attendance for a Bromley team who, let's face it, it's in a tough catchment area to be getting people in. So that's a good crowd on Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah I suppose with, well, I suppose like a Palace start this weekend, so there might have been a few Palace uh, floaters from there. Yeah, I, I think they're known to be playing good football and they're great stuff in the community as well, Bromley. They're really um, invested in the local area and, and hopefully that can work out for them with the, the younger supporters and their parents coming in. Yeah, more people there than there were at the game we're going to talk about next. Uh, 1,520 at Crabble uh, to watch Dover, who was high as a kite on Saturday, beaten 2-1 by Dagenham and Redbridge on Tuesday night. And if anyone was going to score the winner, it was always going to be Mitch Brundle, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I didn't think he'd had a, 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 a that good a game, but uh, they had better players than, um, than, than him on the day. Luke who's been around the houses, 
the lens, of course, Dave will probably be quite pacey. Joe Quigley, I've been, I think I've been critical of him before. He doesn't look like to be a, a goal scorer at this level, but his, his hold-up play was excellent. He really helped his team out. Yeah, the highs of, highs of Saturday where David really deserved to win. It was a fantastic result. And that goes from Alfie Pavey. Yesterday, uh, Dagenham with a better side early on they went in front then David got into it just before our time Pavey again with another beautiful header and I thought half time came at the wrong time for David because they were on top Dagenham got the penalty then David sort of um, went to tie for a little bit because you know they've got a lot of midfielders there and they just didn't have the creativity or nows to, to break down a Dagenham side who under Peter Taylor basically put 10 men behind the ball and said to David right see if you can break us down and the wits coming in uh, and it just, well, it's one of those days. Dagenham looked a, a strong outfit, but you've seen for the results of the National League, anybody can beat anybody. But I think maybe Andy Hesitola could look at it maybe at home. If you're playing sort of two defensive midfield players at home, it could be difficult to break sides away. I think it was the perfect away performance on Saturday with that sort of thing. But maybe at home, you may be trying to be a little bit more expansive. And this may seem strange, but bring another defender in, which allows the fullbacks to push on because at the moment all Davis you know uh, chances are coming from the, the, the fullbacks pushing on and whipping in I have to say some absolutely delightful crosses and Pavey's really enjoyed feeding them because he scored three really good headers um, So the, looking at the Dover team obviously some new faces in there uh, how have they done and I suppose another point as well is looking at it Hessen Tyler made all of his substitutions really early on, uh, on, on Tuesday night yeah, yeah it was a strange one really um I might actually on. Again, I don't think you need to put the uh, £45 or whatever it is to buy a Dover shirt in from now. So one of the Dover fans came up to me and said, um, well, it's going to be 3 or 33 in there. And I said, well, it, it could be. And after the evidence of the first work, first two games of the season, I don't want to criticise him. He'd be lucky to get one because his radar is has gone off a little bit. Again, he's so good about bustling past people. It's Chesterfield, he did it in the first half a couple of times. But... I think he's forgotten where the goal is because rather than going towards the goal, he sort of goes off at right angles from it. So, and he is very frustrating. He got frustrated, he got started on Saturday. And yes, he played up front with Pavey and a couple of times, I just don't think they worked together. A couple of times they went for the same ball and if you want the ball pumped in the air to somebody got on the end of it, particularly with their, with their, with their head, you want it to be Pavey rather than Ethion. So, He's got, he's got some decisions to make here, Andy Asatala. Does he go with Pavey up on his own and then feed the wingers and the and the fullbacks to support him and get players getting forward? So, yeah, early questions to be asked. And yeah, my mate Effie, I've got a lot. You know, you know, last week if you listen back, the, the five hundred plus you did, and we're really grateful for that. Uh, Would have seen that from there, but it just didn't. It just hasn't worked out for him early doors of the season. And against Wrexham on Saturday, will he get another chance? For me, probably he won't. He'll be on the bench, and David will look to maybe change the system. Yeah, in and amongst the few messages we've exchanged uh, today, Matt did say he's just so desperate for Effiong to to come off because does he just need a bit of a hug, Matt? Do you think? Yeah, there's there so much a player in there, but yeah, it's just I, I just I can't describe. I really want because there is a player in there because he he's an absolute beast. He could go past three players and brush them past no thing, but he's just I don't know. When he's got to think about it, he's not he's, he's just not a player. You, you're trying to understand what I mean. You know, you you're a natural in front of goal or an instinct from that. He's just not 
a natural footballer. <laughs> that might not be the correct terminology, but certain things, he just tries to do the clever things when he's just right. Just You're a big lad, bustle past them, run towards goal because they're not going to catch you and see what goes from there. And again, half it's all about confidence. If he'd been running against uh, Chesterfield when the chances he had in the opening 20 minutes, he could have had three goals rather than paper, but he hasn't. So he's a confidence player. And that's what Andy Essence had his job now is to have a little chat with him and see where we go from there. But I know he's a bit like Marmite to some of the Dover fans. Some of the people, a bit like me, think there's a player in there who'll come good. And some of them think, right, God, what are we still doing playing with him? So, again, like anything, like all our sides in the league will know so much more at the end of August, which is probably, well, we're in the middle of August now, near enough, well, 7th of August, so from that point. By the end of August, we'll know where we are. So, and maybe we will know where Effiong's going to be by the end of then. So, Yeah, um, Oh, well, just one final thing on that Dover game. I see that um, Mr. Justin was in goal for Dagenham Rivers. Was anyone uh, any wags there making the you're just a crap Tesco sandwich uh, joke? No, Alex Hogue said, "What does uh, what does he have on his pizza?" Just ham. Just ham. Oh, which which was in about the 95th minute. He said that was in there, but it, it still made me laugh when he was uh, summarising for us. But all in all, and I have to say, my trip to Chesterfield was great. I was in my element because I went up on the train. And there's football fans everywhere, so it was brilliant. I was Fulham fans, Barnsley fans, uh, Ipswich fans, just talking all the way through. And, I, and of course, as Dover won, they were, oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't think that about it. But it was really good fun, apart from the highly extortionate rate of going on the trains. As a football fan, everybody was so happy because it was the first game of the season uh, and we won, it was good. So uh, if I'd come back after Tonkin 5 nil, I'd just be wondering what to do. And I will have a bit of a rant here as well. The cost of the train and the ticket, when I got there early enough to go on an hour before the lottery ticket was and I said to the very nice lady I think any chance I can jump on that yeah no problem at all let me just change your ticket for you and she said that would be £71 to change your ticket I said that it's alright I'll just sit on this cold platform for another hour no wonder this country's got problems well exactly Um, this weekend then it's uh, AFC Fowl against Fleet Bromley against Torquay and Dover against Wrexham before on Tuesday night Aldershot against Bromley Barnet against Dover and Fleet's tough start continues at home to Yeovil. Uh, the other league that started at the weekend was the Southern Counties East League, um, where the first sin biddings happened, and there was uh, one in the uh, Premier Division on Saturday. I understand there was more on Tuesday. Well, on Saturday, the first uh, sin bidding happened, and it was a Corinthian player who was uh, who was sin bin, but it didn't hinder them too much as they came from behind uh, to win 3-2 at Crowborough. Other results on the opening day were BSD 2, Croydon 2, AFC Croydon 2, uh, Beckenham 2, Punjab 1. We'll hear about that one later on. Uh, Deal Neil, Fisher Neil, Irith and Belvedere 1K Sports 1, Greenwich 1, Chatham Town 2, Hollands and Blair Neil, Irith Town Neil, Lordswood 3, Glebe 1, Sheppey United 1, Tunbridge Wells 2, Wellingtown Neil, Canterbury Neil. And then on uh, Tuesday night, the game between Croydon and... Beckenham was abandoned due to uh, a serious injury. However, the player involved in AFC Croydon, athletic player, is fine. Uh, so that's good news. It was also Canterbury City 2, Sheppey United 2. Chatham Town, early leaders 4-1, winners over Deal Town. Friend of the show, Harry Harding, opening his account in that one as well. Uh, Corinthian 2, Hollands and Blair 2 and Fisher 3, Wellingtown 1. So, um, and obviously tonight has also been the Irith Derby, as we were calling it, because it's Irith and Belvedere against Irith Town. And I'm going to find the score out of that. But what are your thoughts of the first weekend of the, of the scaffold, Matt? Well, looking at Chatham, as you mentioned, I've got Jack Evans, he was playing National League two seasons ago. Yeah. 
maybe he's banging in the goals for, for Chatham. So if that's the kind of quality you've got, you've got Matt Bodkin. Bodkin must be, what, 34, 35? Yeah, yeah, it must be around that sort of age. Yeah, so he's been around the houses, played for a lot of Ken sides, fit as a fiddle, so I think he's a, he's a junior, he, he's a fitness instructor. So from that, yeah, you, you, early doors, um, really good start for the season for them. Um, Sheppy, uh, disappointing start for them. You'd have thought they'd have won the first game, but got a point against Canterbury. Uh, all all, and also, of course, with the sim bin, I'm saying you in for 10 minutes. Is that 10 minutes of play? So if there was an injury for five minutes, you can come back on. Do we know about that? I don't I don't know, but you would think that would be the way it would work. But Cause um, never know, Otherwise, the fourth official is getting abused all the time. You're constantly pressing his watch, wouldn't he? Well, exactly. So really, you could. Well, I'm not saying that the, the skeptical sides, if they're listening there, well, get somebody to go down, you know, touch a cramp after five minutes, get a bit of time, then you can waste a bit of time. But is that not sporting? But if you've been Simbid, you haven't been sports in the first place. Well, exactly. It finished Irith Town 1, Irith and Belvedere 1 uh, this evening in that game uh, in the Southern Counties East League. Um, so, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a, a good start. Interestingly, um, three goalless draws. There was only five all season last year. Uh, three on the opening day. Um, and also... Defence is on top. Yeah, that I saw you did your, uh, your Super 6 on the on the Scaffold website as well. How did I get on? Uh, not as well as me, mate, is the answer. Uh, you wouldn't think, have brought out otherwise, would you? I got 11 points, I think, and you got seven. So, uh, But oh, it's, up, it's up again for next Saturday, so don't forget to keep putting your entries in. Um, yeah, we'll try and do that. Yeah, someone got 20 points, so we're, we're, I'm quite some way behind. Uh, Division 1 results very quickly. Croydon 4, Rochester 0. These are all Saturday games. FC Elmstead 2, Kennington 1. Greenways 0, Sutton Athletic 7. Kent Football United 2, Forest Hill Park 6. Lidtown 1, SC Thamesmead 3. There were three Simbinnings in that game. Uh, Meridian VP 1, Snodland Town 2. Rustall 1, Holmesdale 1. And Stansfeld 2, Bryden Ropes 1. Uh, this weekend, the FA Cup takes centre stage for our scaffold sides. And here to run us through some of the stats around the ties involving our teams is the brilliant Phil Annett, who you may know better, better as FA at FA Cup Fatfile on Twitter. Uh, we both caught up with him on Monday night. Is there any, is it still the same amount of teams as of last year that's entered as in this year again, is it? Or any, gone up in any way? Well, RG Punjab have gone in, but I suppose we've lost some clubs on the on the way, right? Yeah, well, there's still 736 clubs. Um, I think we're in a bit of a flux situation with the FA Cup um, qualification at the moment because of the structural changes that are happening to the non-league pyramid. Um, that won't get resolved until next season, and it may well be that after that, the FA have a look about their qualification and see whether or not those numbers need to change. I do hope that they do. I think there's a great scope for more clubs to take part in the competition, and I know there's an appetite for those clubs to do so. Um, I just hope that with the new pyramid that they can find a way of making that happen. So Kent interest in the FA Cup starts on Friday night, I, I understand. Yeah, that's right. You've got Rustall, if that's how you pronounce it, Rustall going off to, to Barham or Barham. I don't know how you pronounce these two teams, but uh, uh, Barham have only played once before. So uh, again, good chance for Rustall to... Uh, to uh, get their FA Cup campaign underway. And it, the Kent teams are involved all the way through to Sunday where um, we've got Erith and Belvedere playing uh, Peace Haven and Telskim in what I've, I've coined as the Ampersand Derby. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's obviously lots of, uh, lots of involvement of uh, Kent Badge Clubs uh, on a Saturday. Yeah, and obviously um, some of the teams that are in there, obviously we've already talked about Punjab United and, and their FA Cup debut. Um, 
what would it mean to, to, to them on, on that day? We're, we're going to speak to, to their manager later in the show as well. But what would it mean to them to be set, taking part in the FA Cup for the very first time as a club? I'd be very surprised if they didn't say that this is the biggest game in their history. Uh, the excitement levels are off the scale. Uh, they can't believe they got to this stage at such a short time. And uh, it's a dream come true. I'd imagine all those words would come out. Yeah, I think from a player's point of view, uh, I think when a kid at school I used to school with, he was on the bench for the FA Cup for Deal when he was about 16. And you think, he's played in the FA Cup. And I think you scored a goal in the FA Cup. That's something to be really proud of. You know, the top players have done it, as we all know. But appearing in the competition must be, from a player's point of view, it really is a dream come true, I think. If you can say to your grandchildren in 50 years' time you scored a goal in the same competition in the same season as Mo Salah did, then they're going to look at you at all. (laughs) <laughs> good point um, other teams and we've got on Saturday T- Tunbridge Wells uh, they've, they've reached the FA Vars final in 2013 but the, the FA Cup hasn't been quite so kind to them really has it no it hasn't but uh, they do have a good record against Pagham in the competition they're, 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 in fact it's one of the most common ties of the extra preliminary round uh, with Tunbridge Wells running out the winner on all three previous occasions so they're going to fancy their chances in fact their they're best ever performance in the extra coming round came against Pagham in 2013 when they, they won 4-2 on that occasion so I can see them looking at that game as a, as a one they ought to win Pagham is actually a name that we see quite a lot a lot of Kent teams seem to have come up against them in, in recent years and, and I suppose you know it's an opportunity for Tunbridge Wells to get through then if they've got such a good record against them Yeah you'd you think so I mean you, the, 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 the criteria that the FA used for regionalisation they, they, they sort of broadened it slightly so we are seeing a more uh, variation in in terms of clubs that people teams face from other regions, but of course there's still a lot of common uh, foe, if you like, in in the competition. Uh, you've got, the, but you've only got one all Kent club tie, which is quite a surprise. Yeah, so got, is it Glebe, Glebe versus Hollands and Blair is the uh, is the only one which pits two teams together. Yeah, exactly. And Glebe, uh, two years ago, I think it was, had their best ever run, didn't they? They reached about the second or third qualifying round. And, yeah. and against a team in their own league at home, they'll be thinking of possibly going through. Yeah, well, now that they've got a ground that is acceptable by the FA, because their first uh, foray into the FA Cup, they weren't able to play because uh, their ground uh, wasn't up to scratch or something, I think. So even though they were drawn to play, they didn't actually get to play their game. So they'll be looking for another good run this year. Will, will it be, uh, there will be a side who start in the extra premier round, do you think can get to the first round? As what, I know not from a Kent, well, hopefully from a Kent point of view, but has that happened recently in the last few years? Yeah, it, it's tough. Um, Westfield, they did it a few years ago. I don't know if you remember them yeah, playing yeah. and Aston live on, on BBC. Uh, so it is possible. Dunstan got to the fourth qualifying round uh, last season. So, yes, it is possible. It's, it's not common, of course. It's quite a challenge to get through six rounds and uh, play teams from four or five divisions above. Uh, but but we do see it happen, and uh, you know we've had teams getting that far even on their debut season. Uh, uh, that, that was going to be one of my questions, really, about debut seasons, because obviously we have got uh, Punjab United, and I think Wellingtown as well, yeah. uh, both playing in the in in the cup for the very first time. Um, h- how far can teams get in in this when they come in at this stage, and, and what's the sort of record for that? Well, last season, uh, Coversall Town made their debut, and they made it all the way through to the third qualifying round. To be fair, they did start in the preliminary round, but still, that was quite a good achievement. Um, in terms of getting to the proper rounds, I think the last time was uh, Colville Town um, did it in their debut season in 2004-05, so it's quite a while. The actual record, uh, you have to go back to 1939, 
uh, when Chelmsford City were formed, and they remarkably went from the extra premier round all the way through to the fourth round proper. So they had a fantastic That's run. a few games in that, isn't it? Blimey. Yeah, I can't imagine seeing that kind of runner again. Yeah, but the, the, the money the clubs would make if you did that. You'd be on the telly every week. The prize, yeah. wow. You could make oh, a club from fantastic. that. We have got another all Kent uh, side, of course. We've got uh, Greenwich Borough against Canterbury City. Canterbury City got so close yeah. to Wembley last year as well. That's a, it's a difficult tie for Canterbury because it's important then to, to use... You know, get them in the limelight again because you know trying to get back to the to the town itself or the city itself. Yeah, well, they've got a really tough tie against Greenwich Borough actually because um, I wasn't sure Greenwich Borough can't as Kent or not. But there we go. Depends um, on our mood. Yeah, <laughs> well, they're in the scaffold, so we're classing them in the, on the pod. So there you go. <laughs> but they haven't uh, they haven't gone out at this round since the 2011-12 season. So I can't be going to be up against it to uh, to get one over on them. I think. Well, local team to me, Deal Town, they're in action as well, are they? I think they are, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They take on another newbie, actually, in Sutton Athletic. Um, they're, they're, in the past, Deal Town have faced two other clubs who were playing in their first ever FA Cup game, and they've got a mixed record of 1-1, lost one. So uh, not much in the way of pointers to help with understand how that might go. And just finally, obviously, Chatham, uh, they play Cray Valley PM. Uh, Cray Valley, who obviously reached the FA Vars final, and they're another one who are sort of on the cusp of whether they're in Kent or not. But uh, <laughs> a really tough tie for Chatham, and tough to be playing against a team, and Irith Town have got this as well, where yep. they're playing against a team who are that step up. And, and you know, it must be frustrating for, for those teams to end up playing against those teams who are in the in the Isthmian League. Well, that's true, but they have only just got promoted into the Isthmian League, so it's been be questionable about their... Um how much better they really are but uh, on both those teams uh, Chatham Town I mean their, their FA Cup record at this level is pretty good they haven't gone out uh, well they've only once gone out in the extra premier round in 66 campaigns so you know and they've got pedigree in the FA Cup as well if you go back far enough into the 19th century when they were quarter finalists back in those days so um, you know they'll, they'll fancy their chances um, even though it's an away trip against a high team in terms of Eris Town I'm actually going to be at that game against Chichester City. It's the one I've chosen to go to and I'm really looking forward to seeing that. But the, the thing that you can look forward to on that is that despite the fact Chichester are a higher team, in the last nine years they've gone out at this stage of the competition eight times, including in the last four seasons. So you know, they haven't got a good record at this stage. So you know, Irith might be able to use that to their advantage. Going back to, I see Sutton Athletic won 7 0 at the weekend, so a tough game for Deal. So uh, it'd be interesting to see for us, from our point of view as well, the difference between the two leagues. So some cracking ties there. And uh, I think, thank you very much. Your knowledge amazes me every time I speak to you. You know, I, I love my stats, and I think you're the king of it at the moment. So thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, and at FA Cup Fact File on Twitter is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the, the, the badge logo that you put out all the time is, is really good. And uh, it is the one-stop shop for all of your FA Cup stats, isn't it? Yeah, well, thank you for saying that. Um, it's a passion I have, and I'm glad other people uh, share that passion. The only question I do want to finish on, actually, is Matt loves a spreadsheet. How big is your <laughs> spreadsheet on the FA Cup? That's uh, so a very personal question. Um, yeah, you can imagine I don't just have... Oh, I love... He must have some wonderful tabs. <laughs> it's not what you've got, <laughs> it's, it's what you do with it. I think, I think the thing is, though, that I know where everything is. Yeah. Um, if someone took over from me, they would have a nightmare trying to find their way around it. And how, final, final one, could you, how long will it take you to collate all the results of the weekend to get it all sorted as well? Because it must be difficult well, getting some sort of results in from certain games. It is. I mean, I, I've often I just try and get them out straight after the finish so normally imagine matches finishing around about five I reckon about half past seven 
if I was really going to go for it. I'm not sure I'm going to do it this year because I'm down in Chichester and whether or not I'll just have to wait until the Sunday to do it all. Um, sometimes you feel like you're breaking your neck to do something and it doesn't really need to be done that soon. So uh, I'll, I'll do a few, but I may well uh, take it a bit easier this year. What a man. That, that man is my hero. I love, uh, you know, I love a stat, but he, he, he must wake up in the morning and think, let's find some stats for the, the FA Cup. Absolutely. And the, the most bizarre stats he comes out with, he, you know, he mentioned, it, did, did, we, did he keep the bit in about his wife there and uh, his anniversary? Maybe not. So uh, it, it, this is like, Christmas Eve for him when it's the FA Cup with 764 teams whatever is in the tournament looking at stats but yeah his, his spreadsheet must be unbelievable but that he deserves a medal for doing all this and uh, I know he, as the competition goes on he gets a, a bit more publicity than he does from the Kent Nunley podcast um, but uh, yeah a, an absolutely unbelievable job and uh, fair play to him and he's a bloody nice bloke as well he did call me Max well, he did indeed. But uh, yeah, if you have any interest in non-league football, which obviously you must have to be listening to this nonsense, um, but you've got to give him a follow on Twitter at FA Cup Fact File. Uh, absolutely phenomenal stuff that he does. It is the go-to place for any FA Cup information. And the Ampersand Derby, it, that's been picked up by in a couple of places. But that is that is top band. So that's the sort of stuff we should be coming up with, isn't it? Yeah, but he's pay, he probably paid the big money, John. I haven't got any big money anymore. So, oh, God, you know, I'll keep my nut down. Well, exactly. Um, I mentioned there, and, and this weekend is a special one for Punjab United, who start their first ever FA Cup campaign at home to Broadbridge Heath, a tie which has been shown on the BBC Sport website from 12.30pm on Saturday. Uh, with that in mind, I caught up with their boss, Chippy, ahead of the game. He was all the way in Italy, so it, it, it's all right for some, but here he is, um, Chippy. Well, um, I can't believe it, mate, to be honest. I think... Um... I was talking to the boys the other day and I was thinking, Carl Brown, we used to play in Sunday Cups and trying to get people out of bed, but now we're actually playing in the FA Cup qualifiers. So, yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing achievement for us all and uh, especially for the club and the local area, really, with the, local, with the young ones who are doing it locally. So, it, it's fantastic, really. And obviously, being on, uh, live on the BBC Sport website as well, that's an absolute massive boost for you, too. Oh, mate, it's been unbelievable. I think it's woken up some of the, um, especially the agents uh, in Grayson, especially like the peak community in Grayson. Everyone I've just met after that documentary didn't understand how far we were playing up the pyramid. And I'm hoping that this has sort of opened their eyes. You know, we've got a lot more people coming in to sponsor their club, want to be involved with it. Um, I've just got a stadium sponsor over. I've never thought I'd get that, but we just got that. Uh, it's a local company in Grayson who's just come in and sponsored the stadium name. So now the stadium name will be um, Manic Smithers. Uh, Manic Stadium, and that will be now um, with us for the next five years in partnership. So, yeah, it's just taken off, mate. It's been unbelievable. I think um, I can't believe we were on BBC One prime time at half seven. I think British tell us that. It's, you know, we were saying, I was thinking I'd be on BBC Four, but no, <laughs> BBC One, you know, what more can I cover? Well, we were on the documentary as well, so we couldn't believe it either. Um, looking at the season, obviously, you started on Saturday, you lost 2 1 at Beckenham. D- disappointing start, but Beckenham are always a good side, aren't they? Yeah, they were good. It's a shame I was on. I've got to you, day off since uh, the season's finished. I've been doing a clubhouse and the change rooms, and we've been moving this thing out to the pitch. Um, so I took a break with the family, and uh, yeah, I missed the first game. But um, set it all up the way I thought we were all going to work, and we were outside. It was just unlucky, really. No one got taken off after 30 minutes. This guy's shoulder, that, that has a big impact because um, we were in the game right then at 1 0. Um, but like you said, there's just a small little minor things we've got to get right. You know, we switched off, we made a mistake in the second goal. 
Um, should have kept out of play, but we kept it on, trying to be clever with the ball, and we just got caught out and got punished two one. So we weren't too far off. I think we got the work rate right. You know, we got new people in now, and um, I think they they sort of grasped the way I want the club to go, and the players on the pitch don't give her ill, and that's what I can ask for really. And you don't want a season like like last year where you ended up looking over your shoulders at the drop zone, do you? No, but I think this season's going to be even tougher. I think uh, the teams and managers moving around, it's, uh, the players are moving around, and you know some of these squads are fantastic. You know, Beckham, Beckham, boat squad, and you know we're not as uh, we're not, I'm not that lucky yet to go out there and get all the players which we want. I think we've just got to abide by what we got, build it up slowly. And uh, but yeah, I think if we, I think the mistakes we found out last year, you know, players, personality, egos, um, they're the ones I've got. I've let the club let them go from the club. I've brought in people now I can work with who are going to be 100% part of what we want. And I think we can be, I think we can have a good season. If we get it right, I think we can have a good season. I think, um, fingers crossed, we, we don't be looking backwards anymore. And going back to the FA Cup, how much do you know about your opponents on Saturday? Uh, not a lot, to be honest. Um, I know they played, um, I can't remember, I think they played Crimpins last year in the first round. I'm not sure, but I've been, I've been told. And <laughs> they're not a bad side. I, I don't expect nothing to be easy. Saturday, you know, they... They're going to be happy that they're going to be uh, you know, live streaming on BBC Sport as well. Although it's great for both clubs. You know, what more do you want for the FA Cup? <laughs> you know, it's fantastic. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope we can go out there and perform. I think we're looking for a big support to come down, which we are. Um, and I hope if we can get a result, it'll be fantastic. So, yeah, really looking forward to the game. And what would it mean to you if you were able to get through to the next round? I'd be unbelievable achievement for me to personally, you know, to win back to back promotion was fantastic and uh, we won the intermediate uh, shield as well, which is great. But this this is what I've been waiting for. I wanted um I wanted to be part of the FA Cup. I wanted to do something special with the club and uh, I think this will go down in my legacy that I've I've got the club to the first FA Cup and what happens to me in the future where I just step back later on, you know, run the club which is getting big at the moment. So yeah, but you know, this for me this is personally what I've really wanted to do. We've met him a couple of times, Matt. He's such an infectious fella, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. You, you want them to do well on Saturday. Oh, it's, it's, it's a really um, fantastic day for the club. As he said in there, the, the, the documentaries found you know, a new home. That was on primetime BBC TV. And I'm sure that's some part of it from what the um, BBC have picked that up as the game on the red button. I think Conor McNamara has been in the previous round. You know, Conor McNamara arguably one of the best commentators in this country, could be the man who's commentating on um, uh, Punjab United. A difficult game for them, but they're in the FA Cup. Really will be, hopefully the crowd will, will, will be decent for them. Epsley, are away in file, so you might pick up some of their fans as well to go and see it. But yeah, fantastic. Again, if they can get a result into the next round, I think Chippy will be a very happy man indeed. So uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't on the lookout for signings in Italy, was he? I don't think so, no, but he did, he, you know, it's interesting to see what he's saying there about how the documentary's given them so much and he's hoping that they can use this FA Cup tie as well. Yeah, I think it's a really great uh, advertising for the club. They can sell the club to a, a little bit of thing. And interestingly, he said he's given him more out to the, the Asian community as well. We probably knew the club existed, but what it brings in, uh, great for the community. And, and, uh, and all, you know, good luck to all our Ken sides who start in the FA Cup uh, uh, this week. I, I really hope out of all of them, I really hope Punjab United can get a result and get into the next, get into the next round because that will be absolutely fantastic for all concerned at the club. Yeah, I'll run through the fixtures very quickly. On Friday night, it's Ballam against Rustall. And then on Saturday, as we already mentioned, Punjab against Broadbridge Heath, 12.30 kickoff. 
Uh, we've got Cray Valley PM against Chatham Town. Uh, Bryden Ropes host Broadfield United. Tunbridge Wells take on Pagham. It's Corinthian against Little Common. Hawley Town against Beersted. Lordswood against Staining Town Community. Um, Chichester City against Irith Town, as we heard uh, being talked about there in, in the interview with Phil. Uh, Red Hill against K Sports. Glebe against Hollands and Blair. Sheppey United against East Preston. Sutton Athletic against Deal Town. Greenwich Borough against Canterbury City. Wellingtown against AFC Uckfield Town. And Beckenham Town against Rains Park Vale from the Kent Clubs. And then on Saturday, uh, Sunday, sorry, Everything Belfry against Peacehaven and Telscombe. A uh, handful of games in the first division of the Scaffold on Saturday as well for teams who aren't in the cup. Uh, so Greenways against Stansfeld, Holmesdale against Kent Football United, Kennington against Lewis and Borough, Lidtown against Forest Hill, Rochester United against SC Thamesmead, and Sodland Town against FC Elmstead. I must say, Matt, there's a couple of FA Cup ties in there. I wouldn't mind being draws because the least the replays would be near my house. Little Common, uh, for example. Is not far away at all. Who are playing Corinthian, AFC Uckfield? Also, got another team in Eastbourne. How many teams do they want? They're not actually in Eastbourne. They're in Bexhill, but um, but uh, it's not far away. That's close enough. Oh, so, so, little car, oh, little car. Oh, that's a, oh, so it's like replays Tuesday night. On, I suppose. I'd imagine so. so yeah. So I suppose they haven't scrapped them yet. What cup replays? Well, in these early round. Well, I'm not su- saying they should scrap them, but I'm surprised the FA haven't said right. Um, do you really need to have a replay on these ones? Do they go to, they even go to extra time those, do they? No. No. They replay on the things, things and the yeah. vars and things like it's that. The, so the vars is where they have where they can have extra time on the day. Yeah. So. Maybe it'd be interesting. Well, that's an interesting point. Do you think they should early rounds of the competition? Because I know you get seven hundred, you get some money for losing. Would clubs rather finish it on the day? on those competitions in the early rounds of the FA Cup? I think it all depends on if you get a home tie or not, doesn't it? That's normally your opinion. Um, but maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll speak to a Skeppel manager next week about that issue. Um, and finally, the season starts on Saturday for all of our Step 3 teams in the newly sponsored Isthmian League. The Bostick is no more, so Devon will never get a shout-out again, uh, with Bet Victor instead taking on the title sponsorship. So therefore, expect to hear the phrase, the Victor Meldrew League, fairly fre- frequently. Well, I, well, I, 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 did, I did say to you, it could be the Lynch Meldrew League, but I'm you not clearly can't remember Bet Lynch from the Coronation Street day, so... Yeah. I might call it the Lynch Meldrew because that's right. it. Bet Victor. Well, maybe nobody else would have got that. Either. We confused like, enough people with Devon Bostick, mate. Sorry? We confused enough people with Devon Bostick. Yeah, well, I don't want Devon Bostick. Never did, we did tweet him, didn't he? Yeah, he never no, replied he back. Interested. Um, no, no. But I like, mate, Victor, mate, I, I like Richard Victor Wilson. If you, has he got Twitter? Victor Meldrew? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The actor might have, but we'll. Exactly, we'll, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll we'll if he gives us a retweet, then can we call it the Victor Meldrew? Yeah, if he does that, yeah, I think he used to like his football, Richard Wilson. I'm reading yeah. that from that. Did you used to like? Did you used to like um, one foot in the grave? I thought it was a cracking program. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it was. It was decent. Yeah, but in that, it, of its time, it was. It was pretty good. So. Is that make comedy, comedy, comedy comedies like that anymore? No, they I don't. don't think. Um, anyway, no, if, tweet... if, if you get a tweet, tweet Richard Wilson saying we're going to call this. Thing, uh, no. But yeah, if he creeps back, mate, respect. Mm-hmm. Then I'll call it the Victor Meldrew. Perfect. Um, we've got three teams in the um, Bostick in the Bostick. They're straight away in the uh, in the Isthmian League Premier Division to cover. So let's go through them uh, quickly in the order they finished last year. Uh, folks and kick off at home to Worthing uh, on Saturday. They're looking for a third successive playoff spot. It, it, I just this time last year I remember saying, "Oh, they won't do it again." And at the moment I'm sitting here thinking, "Well, they probably won't do it again." But who's to say they won't? No, 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 no
up. I first met folks and found on the way back on my new friends, train friends, train friends. Met folks and found on the way back on the on Saturday. And he's um, apart from his obvious dislike of Dover, which made me laugh. Um, he uh, was very confident that Folkestone could get, could go again. Uh, of course, the squad gets it's, it's quite strong this season. I think Ashford seven two. Uh, if they've got the quality to go through, there's no reason he, he, he expects them to get uh, to get to the playoffs pretty easily. And uh, I think it might be more of an open league this season in the in the division. Are we thinking two? Oh, we have this conversation every time. Are two going up from this division now. Yeah. Two up straight away, one in the playoffs, one going up, yeah? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because they're extending the league, aren't they? So, yeah. so we know that if you do win the division, you're going straight up. Yeah, I think Folkestone, Neil Cunningham, you're doing. Irish Jackson could have joined over in the summer, didn't do, scores goals. Yeah, they, they, Folkestone have got the quality and Neil Cunningham's got the experience to be up there. So, uh, uh, to be honest, I think it could be a good season for some of our sides in the... Uh, in the uh, victim Andrew. Well, exactly, and uh, and Craig Wanderers, you started Kingstonian before meeting Folkestone on Wednesday next week. Um, they've signed a couple of astute players. Charlie Allen is there now. They've still got Tom Phipp. They've got a lot of players who were, uh, or they've got players who've played for Margate. A couple of them were key players when Margate got out of this league four or five years ago. Um, and I think Craig Wanderers have got the potential to maybe upset a few people this season. Yeah, I see this like Tom Murphy. And I, Tom Murphy, when Davis first season in the National League, when they finished eighth or what it is, he was their best player by an absolute mile. And I thought he was going to get a move into the league. Um, really had a good season, better than Payne and people like that that season. Then he got injured and never been the same. But if he's firing all cylinders, I think Cray have got, a, you know, there's something going, a buzz about the club with the ground coming, etc. like that. The players you've got, Tom Phipps, a good player at, at that level from that, Tom Murphy. Good, decent players. They, they, again, they all do well this season. Again, they'll have a 3G service to work on their home games. Are we saying they're going to get promoted? I, I don't know, but I think they're a good outside bet for the playoffs. Yeah, and that leaves us with just Margate then, who start at home to Brighton Sea region before going to Hornchurch. And Jay Saunders knows this level. And again, they, will be, they won't be saying it out loud. They won't be shouting it from the rooftops. But I think that they've got a ch- that they'll be in and about the playoffs as well. The expectation is that um, Margate will be in the playoffs. Goodell Daniel, I know from day was joined on my Margate fans, absolutely love him, what a, what a good player he is, and I think he may be his level there. He can call from Jack Richards, again, scores goals in the conference a couple of years ago. So Jay Saunders has brought players in, he's worked with before, and it's a big season for Jay Saunders as well. Um, you know, the level he's been at, full season at this level, he's won this division. Can he get Margate to win this division? They've got a, a nucleus of a good side. Maybe if they get a few injuries and the budget might not be there, he may be struggled, but that's when he'll use his magic. But again, Margate, if they're not in the playoffs, they'll be disappointed. Um, sort their home format again, because I think another side that struggled at home a little bit, but the expectations are there. And we know uh, from living around here, and as you well know as well, Johnny, if they're doing well, they'll get five, 600 people coming through the gates. And the rest. Yeah, so yeah, they, they can be successful. It's a big year for Margate and I think a big year for Jay Saunders. He's got to have a good year to prove himself back on the managerial ladder to maybe, I'm not saying move on for Margate, but get his reputation back. Um, you mentioned Jack Richards there, the former Maidstone striker. Do you know, a bit of trivia for you, what he and uh, us have in common? Well, me and us? Yeah, we do. Well, I, I do. In fact, I do know that. We are both sponsored 
by Workforce Dimensions. And you can, uh, I'm going to find the, well, as we know, that we are Workforce Dimensions, our people analytics specialists. Exactly. And they're sponsoring the Kent Non League podcast and they're sponsoring Jack Richards. So we're going to, we will, we'll, we're going to have Jack Richards watch every week and now, I think, John. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, also, when I was in the conversation I had about Jack Richards as well, um, Charlotte at Margate was mentioned. Well, I'm a big fan of the show, so if you're listening, Charlotte, uh, hello, whatever time of day you're listening. I was going to say good evening, but you won't be listening to it of an evening because I'm sure you have better things to do um, than listen to this of an evening. But that is it for this week. Uh, one thing, John, we were going to say, we were going to give a player of the week, weren't we? Oh, we were. Go on, then. Well, again, I'm not being biased here. Alfie Paisley. I think it's three goals and two goals, three absolute headers. Um, a good week for him, personally. Uh, a so-so week for Dover, but three goals in the opening two games. Um, a confident striker I think we'll go for a player week. every week we'll try and get a player very close was Jack Evans I think for, for Chatham who's banged the goals in I think he's got three in two great start for the season for the Chats um, they've got uh, so interesting Chatham have got a tough game this weekend haven't they who's got, the, who's got Craig, Craig Valley yeah Chatham yeah, so that, I think that probably could be the, the game of the weekend for our sides there Craig Valley of course going to Wembley Chatham riding high after two games and looking good in the scaffold that'll be a big game so we'll go Alfie Pavey for uh, player first week player of the week and Jack Evans a close second yeah very good um, obviously we haven't mentioned the teams in the uh, Victor Meldrew South East League because stupidly they don't even start this weekend they start on the 17th so we'll be discussing that division at length on next week's Kent non podcast but that is it for this week's episode our 86th episode um, thank you to everyone for listening and thank you again to everybody who listened last week so I think it was our biggest ever listening figures and we do really really appreciate it so thank you to everybody um, you can follow us on Twitter at Kent NL podcast find us on Facebook at Kent non-league and uh, yeah, let us know what's going on at your club and, and, and your thoughts on the season. We'd love to hear from all of you. We do read every text, every every message and every reply. So uh, please keep us updated on everything that's going on at your club. Um, Matt is at both of the games this week. He's, he's getting very fancy. Uh, Monday night, um, Monday night we had Mickey Collins on the radio show. He was talking about all things Seven Oaks, even though they haven't started yet. And this week I'm going to be doing a show on my own. Um, I'm going to be joined by Sam Denley, the Hyde Town Manager. So we'll again be talking about the Eastman League and uh, various bits and pieces. And if you didn't see the tweet the other day, uh, our Monday Night Radio Show is now every week, but we won't be distracting from the Kent Only podcast with that. But thank you so much to everybody for listening, and we will speak to you all next week. Definitely got a spreadsheet, everybody. Mine's pathetic compared to that man's. <laughs> <laughs>